Are we ready? I think God is already doing something in this place. And, and uh, yeah, I'm excited about what God's going to do this morning. Um, online church, I want to thank you as well for joining us. Um, and, uh, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> COVID-19, the pandemic, has caused a lot of things, right? Um, well, one thing I'm kind of thankful of <laughs> um, is the consciousness of germs. How many... <laughs> How many have noticed how everyone is so conscious of germs now? Everywhere you go, people washing their hands and using hand sanitizers and uh, wearing a mask and just protecting themselves from COVID-19, right? Um, I remember back in the day, it was horrible. You know, you go to uh, cinema, you go to restaurant, you go to the bathroom, and then you see people coming out of COVID, just 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 coming out without even washing their hands, just leaving there. You're like, oh, no, that's disgusting. You don't even want to touch the door. You just grab a tissue and just, ugh. But I'm thankful that people have become more conscious about germs. But you know what, though? We have focused so much on COVID-19 that I feel like we're actually forgotten the real virus. And today I want to talk about the forgotten virus. I want to continue on from where I left off last week, the forgotten virus. I mean, you know, COVID-19, yes, it can, it can make us sick. It could even lead to death. But that's just physical, right? But the forgotten sin, virus, that can not just kill the body, it can kill marriages, it can destroy lives, it can destroy friendship, it can destroy everything. But not only that, it can also destroy and cause you an eternal, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a most, most, most difficult, difficult impact you internally. So as believers, we really need to be even more conscious and avoid the pollution and the contamination of sin in our lives. So before I continue, let's just pray. I know we've been praying already, but I really feel like this is a this is a this is a this is a heavy message, and I really feel like God wants to do something in our lives this morning. But in order to receive that, I want you to pray. You pray for yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about areas in your life that might not be right and that the Holy Spirit wants you to change. So let us pray. I want you to pray.
Yeah, Father. Prepare our hearts this morning. Reveal anything in our life that needs changing, that is not pleasing to you. And as I share your word this morning, Father, I want to pray that you quiet any other voice that's not from you. We want to hear you. Use me this morning to be your, in, your, your instrument this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. So this morning, I want to talk to you about pursuing the mission of purity. Pursuing the mission of purity. And I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, first, uh, verse 1. And I want to read from the second part. And it says this. Let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit. Perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. You see, in the same way we want to avoid COVID-19, in the same way we do everything we can to prevent catching this horrible virus, the Bible is saying we want to avoid every kind, everything we can to avoid sin. Every kind of evil that can cause a separation. You want to pursue his righteousness. Now, what is purity? You see, purity is being free from the contamination, free from sin. And when you think about it, what is impurity? Impurity is the opposite, right? Impurity is being polluted and being sinful. You see, um, i got to be honest with you. Sadly, for Christians, for many Christians, it just become, this has become just traditional. <laughs> we just do things just out of routine. And I've traveled quite a bit. And, and, and I, honestly, uh, when I went to Africa, there's quite a few nations that are Christian nations. And I love the fact that they start the, uh, you know, the news with prayer. I love the fact that even when you jump on the bus before you set off, someone's praying. But when you look at the life of people, all of that has actually become a tradition. Because their life is telling a different story. And we need to really be very, very careful that what we do is not a religious act. You know, it's, it's really easy to memorize scriptures and quote it wherever you go. It's really easy to put on that act of being religious. But we really need to make sure that whatever we do actually backs up what we stand for. It's sad to see married couples. Married couples. Married men looking at other people's wife with wrongful thoughts or vice versa. And it's happening even in the church. And that's bad. That's really bad. We're seeing so many churches being divided, so many churches being broken as a result of sin. And this is real. This is real. And it's happening. 
A lot of people do all sorts of crazy stuff and they come on Sunday morning, act like nothing really happened. And that's not what God wants for you. You know what the reason is why people act the way they do? It's because they have forgotten their identity. A lot of Christians have forgotten their identity. And we need to really be careful with that. We need to remember who we are. You know, what's really, really, really bad is more and more we see the, the world's culture creeping into the church. And we just accept it and we say it's okay. But it's not. You know, it's not only have a negative impact what's happening, but it's actually grieving the Holy Spirit. And we need to be really, really, really careful. So this morning, if you're taking notes, point number one today is purity begins with remembering who you are. Purity begins with remembering who you are. Now the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. What does it say? The old has what? The old has what? And who, what, what is now here? The new. And we need to remember that the old nature needs to go. And that we are now a new creation. I don't know. Um, I don't know about you, but I was I was given this gift, and it's it's amazing. When whenever you get a gift or when you buy something new, you always want to protect it, right? You always want to keep it safe. You want to keep it clean, protected. You don't want to drop it accidentally. <laughs> you buy a case for it. You do everything you can to keep it's safe. Well, how about you? You are a new creation. What are you doing to keep yourself pure and safe? You see, honestly, it's a daily battle. Because a new person is here, but the old nature wants to resurrect every day. The old nature wants to creep in every day. And we daily need to be sure that we, doesn't, we don't allow the, the old nature to come back. The old creation. We need to protect ourselves. The old man. So Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 to 5 says, For he chose us in himself before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in the sight in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So if you are a believer this morning, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not only a new creation, but you actually have been chosen by God before the creation of the earth. God chose you way in advance. You're predestined. You are chosen by God. 
You are a child of God. The Bible says that you have been adopted. You are now actually a child of God. You're a new creation. The Bible says you're holy. You're chosen. You're loved. You're forgiven. The Bible says you're his master. You're, you're his masterpiece. You're special. You're valued to God. You're worthy. You're accepted. You are all of that. But also, we need to remember that we are the bride of Christ. Now, what is the bride's mission before the wedding? When you think about a bride, what, what does a bride do? I know many brides that even years before the, uh, you know, the wedding, <laughs> they started the diet. They, they want to make sure that normally, I, I don't know, for some reason, I, 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 everyone I know seems to buy really skinny clothes, right? The wedding dress always is small. I'm going to lose weight to make sure I can fit in that for the wedding. But the bride is preparing herself for one of the most important days of her life. The bride is doing everything he can. Now in the same way, the church, as the bride, we need to do the same. We need to be in a mission for preparing ourselves for the bridegroom. But what we see around us is the total opposite. You see, just as the bride prepares herself, plans, and she keeps her eyes on the groom, she remains totally loyal and faithful to the groom. You see, our Heavenly Father is our bridegroom. And our eyes and our hearts needs to be all His. It needs to be all His. We need to be faithful to Him. Can I get an amen? amen. Listen, church, we should not go out and contaminate ourselves, you know, as brides, allow things in our lives that is not pure. John chapter 3 verse 29 says that the bride belongs to the bridegroom. You see, when you're a Christian, when you're a believer, your life is not your own anymore. Did you know that? Your life is not your own anymore. You were purchased by the blood of Christ. And you're not the same anymore and every one of us have a call we have a call in our life and it's for him and it's for his glory what is God's true ultimate call for us here is what it really gets down to it's purity your calling is to be like him to be like him you know, um, I've been married to my wife for 19 years, and it's amazing. I mean, time just flies, but it's, it's just, it feels like yesterday, honestly. 19 years, and what's interesting is in this 19 years that we've been together, we've become really alike. I'm picking up a lot of things from her, and vice versa, some good, some bad habits, but we're becoming more alike. And that's the way it should be with your relationship with God. The more time you spend with Him, the more you become like Him. 
But if you don't spend time with him, you're not going to become like him because you're not really spending time with him. You see, our Heavenly Father is our groom and our eyes need to be on him. And our call is to become like him. Really, we need to examine ourselves daily. Who are we becoming like? I mean, are we becoming more like the world? Are we becoming more like the world, uh, what, what, what world looks like? Or are we becoming more like Christ? Because that's what, it's, what our calling is. To be more like him. Christ is the standard of purity. And we are in him and we are called to be like him. In Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 it says this. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. The pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. Scorning his shame. And sat down at the right hand. Of the throne of God. Church, let us keep our eyes on Jesus. So what, we, what do we need to do? The first thing you need to do, the first step to purity is remembering daily who you are. We are now a new creation. The old is gone. So whenever the old man wants to resurrect, you need to keep him from, from you, Right? You need to remind yourself who you are. You are chosen. You're no longer the same. Some of the stuff you were doing before, you shouldn't be doing them anymore. You are now a new creation. If you're taking notes, second thing we need to do, it leads to a commitment. Then leads to a commitment. In Psalm 119 verse 9, it actually starts with a question. And I love what it says. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? And then it answers it by this, by living according to your word. You see, the path of purity doesn't come from the world standard, but it comes from the word of God. So is it possible for a young person to live a sexually pure life? To stay away from sex before marriage or even stay faithful during the marriage? The answer is, of course, yes. But it has to start with a commitment. It has to start with a commitment. You can either build your standards by yourself or you can choose God's standards. How many know God knows what's best for you? He made you. And he knows what's best for you. So you have to trust him and live. You know, the Bible is our standard for living. You know, in our, some, of, some of the stuff in the Bible is really not popular in our culture today. Some of the stuff is, uh, is not really popular. Do you know why? You see, God knows what's best for you. But we have an enemy. And the enemy wants to get, uh, get you uh, distracted from what's best for you. This is what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Satan, who is the God of this world, by the way, he is the God of this world, lowercase g, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. 
they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the, the exact likeness of God. You see, Satan is the God of this world. And he has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. But you know what? Sadly, I really believe, he's even creeping into the church. He's even blinding the eyes of Christians. And we need to be careful. We need to be very careful. Not just church people, but even the church leaders. A lot of leaders are falling into sin. Why? Because they're allowing Satan to blind them. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 say, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. How do we stay alert? How do we stay alert? We go back to the advice that was given in Psalm 119 verse 9, right? By living according to the word of God. It starts with a decision. You see, it starts with a decision. When you decide, God, when I don't understand why you're asking me to do this, God, when even I don't get it, or even when people making fun of me, even if I'm not popular among others, I'm still going to trust you and obey what you say. Even when I'm not popular in the school or at work or even when people look at me strange, I don't care because I want to live by your standards. It starts with a decision. Even when it doesn't make sense, you say, God, you know what's best for me. And I will obey what you say. You see, that's our job. That's our calling. You see, without the commitment, you're, you're not ready to be pure in an impure world. You can only be pure when you follow God's standards for your life. So what do we do? We need to daily remind who we are. We need to remember our identity. We are a new creation. Don't allow the old to creep back in, okay? Don't allow that the old to resurrect again. Secondly, we need to commit. We need to decide and make a commitment. And third thing, if you're taking notes, then you have to guard your mind. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 verse 2, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Listen, God's will for you is good. It's pleasing and it's perfect. It's perfect. So don't copy the behavior of the world. Even when you don't understand it, young people, don't copy their behavior. Even if it's not popular, even if it's not cool, don't copy their behavior. Because God's got amazing plans for your life. But when you start following the world standard, things start breaking down. Trust me. 
You see, we should never copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. Instead, let God transform you to a new person by the changing the way you think. If you think about it, this scripture is really a command, isn't it? It's commanding us. It's telling us to do what we need to do. We need to change the way we think. God wants to change us to, a new, to be a new person. So don't go back and start contaminating yourself again with all that filth. You know, I, I honestly know we live in a culture where we're just being bombarded, right? <laughs> like, doesn't matter what you do, you can't get away from it sometimes. You know, you leave the house. People have bad, filthy mouths, filthy hearts. You meet them everywhere. You're watching TV, all sorts of advertisements and all sorts of stuff that's really, some of the stuff is borderline soft porn. It's really bad. You go on the websites, same thing. We need to be really careful. We need to stay alert. Be careful what you're allowing up here. Be careful what you're allowing up here. The impurity and the temptations are everywhere, but we have to guard our mind. We have to protect our purity. And by the way, it's not just a one-time thing, you know. It's not just a one-time thing. You just do it and then we have to be on guard daily. A lot of times people get it mistaken like, oh, I, I said that sinner's prayer and I'm all good. Now God wants us to become more like Jesus daily. That's a calling. Listen. He wants, he's got great plans for you. They are great, perfect, and pleasing. It's our job, it's our calling. The Bible says in James 1 verse 22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling. You're fooling who? You're fooling who? That's right. You know, it's, it's, it's great, you know, having daily devotions and just don't do it as a tick mark. I've done my daily devotion for the day. Or I've done my daily reading for the day. Apply what you just read. Every time you open the Word, ask God, God, I want you to speak to me this morning. Or this evening, or whatever time you open the Bible, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things in the Word and allow those things to come alive in your life. But we need to make that decision. Don't just listen to the words, you need to do them, it says. The Bible says, we need to aim for perfection. It's our goal. It's our mission. Just as I close this message this morning, if I can have the worship team back up, please. I shared a little bit about this last week. You see, it all starts, sin starts with a thought in our mind. Then 
it leads to emotions and then it leads to action. What do I mean, what do I mean with that? You know, first step is accepting a sinful thought in your mind. By the way, you have the ability to reject that thought straight away. That's why the Bible says, stay alert. The minute that sinful thought comes in your mind, you either can reject it or you accept it. But the minute you accept it, it goes to the next step. It becomes an emotional thing. That's when it leads to your emotions. Non-physical involvement, emotions. And then, if you're not careful, easily leads to physical involvement. And then, lastly, it can get to a place where you actually start rationalizing your actions. Oh, my wife is, I, I, I deserve better. Or I'm not this and I'm not that. You start rationalizing. The, you, you're trying to justify why you're doing what you're doing. And that's how sin operates. But we need to guard our minds. Stay alert. Stay alert, church. Every day, guard your mind. You see, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, verses 1 to 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles and let us run with the perseverance, the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on who? Fixing our eyes on who? The pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. <laughs> this kind of reminds me of Back in the day, you know, we used to do that a lot. I don't know if anyone else has done that. Sometimes we get with a group of friends and say, I, I can beat you in a race. Has anyone done that before? You just get with a group of friends and what, what do you do? I, I used to, I used to I'm a competitive person. I want to win. <laughs> I don't run for fun. <laughs> I used to take off everything, everything that hinders me. So... Take out my wallet, take out my AirPods, even if I have a jacket, anything that can slow me down, anything that can hinder me from running the race. I wasn't running aimlessly, I was running to win. I was running to win. I don't know about you, but this Christian life is the same. You're living this life and you want to win. You don't want to run aimlessly, you want to run to win. And that starts with every day remembering who you are in Christ. You have a new identity. You're no longer the same. Make a commitment. Make a commitment. And then guard your mind daily. And then anything else that's slowing you down, all those things that's slowing you down, you want to get rid of them. You want to get rid of them because you want to run this race. You want to run this race. Now, just before I close, I really feel like God wants me to share this. I want to share a heart-to-heart. -heart. 
widows. Can I, can I, can I be open? Can I be open? That's great. I want to I wanna speak to both the woman in the house and the man in the house. But I start with the ladies first. I want to read from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. And it says this. And I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or by, the, by wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. For women who claim to be devoted to God should make themselves attractive by the good things they do. Ladies, let's not be a, you know, source of temptation. Let's, don't, don't be a source of temptation. You need to think about it. Who am I trying to attract? Young, young girls, who are you trying to attract? Because the way you dress attracts certain people. And we need to be very careful. Be careful of how you dress. But also, you know what Jesus said, to cause a man to lust, he's committing adultery in his heart. So don't be a source of temptation to the men. <laughs> don't be. And men, I want to share a scripture with you too. With us. First <laughs> Peter chapter 3, verse 7. It says this. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but is your, she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Your wife is God's gift to you. In this new life. It's God's gift. Treat her as you should. So your prayers won't be hindered. There are a lot of homes that their prayers are not being answered. And man, we need to examine ourselves. How are we treating our wives? This wonderful gift that God has given us. Are we treating them right? You see, it's very, very clear here. That... The way you handle your wife can actually bring hindrance to your prayers. If you live in a frustrated life, you feel like your prayers are not being answered, I want you to examine yourself. Examine yourself. And I promise you, when you fix those things, you start seeing your prayers being answered. I want us to just close in prayer, but I just want, if you can, if, you, if you're able, if you can just stand up for a minute. I think already God started doing some work in this place. But I want us to continue to just focus our hearts on God. I want us to focus our hearts on God right now. Father, it's so, so, so easy to compare ourselves to others. But when we compare ourselves to your son, 
it becomes obvious we have conformed to this world. So by the power of your Holy Spirit, I, I want to pray right now, Father God, that you reveal things in our lives that is not pleasing to you. Things that we have picked up from worlds or cultural, you know, could be things that we've just been doing, you know, traditional things that we do that we don't even understand the meaning behind them. Some of those stuff we need to get rid of. They're not good. They're not biblical. You see, we come from multicultures here. We're a church of multiculture. We need to examine everything we do. Everything we do. Even some of those cultural stuff that we do, we need to examine them. Because when you don't, you're allowing open door for Satan to come in and bring frustration into your life. So, Father, we just want to open ourselves to you right now. Father, reveal anything in our lives, anything. I really believe God wants to reveal some areas. Already Jaya mentioned them earlier. There are some areas in our lives that needs to be confronted today. That God wants to confront right now. It could be unforgiveness. It could be that you're boastful or you're lustful. Or there might even be certain images that you just need to deal with today. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring healing into your life right now. Bring restoration. Bring a change. If you sense anything, anything in your life that you feel like, God, I need to handle this. I need to, I need to, I need to sort this out. Just take it before God right now. Take it before Him. I believe not only will He forgive you, but He will also begin a cleansing in you with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And then He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That's a promise. He will not just heal you, but He cleanses us as well. Father, we thank You for the work that You're doing right now in this place. Father, I want to thank You. For the great work you're doing this morning. For the lives that are changing right now. Marriages that are being restored. Families that are being reunited. Families, unity, Father, that's taking place right now. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We honor you, Father. as we confessing those things before God as a representative of God I want to say 
that your sins are forgiven, that your sins are forgiven, that cleansing is taking place right now. I just want to be praying. I just want to give an opportunity as well. You might be here this morning and maybe, maybe you never really truly accepted Jesus as your Savior. You know what that means to be Jesus, to be your Savior? That means you're in a desperate place in need of saving. And he wants to save you. But he won't push himself on you. He, 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 he's a loving father and he's got his arms wide open. And he's just asking you to come. It's a decision that you need to make. But when you make that decision, is the steps ahead of that. that you realize that, you know what? I've not been faithful to God. I've done things in my life that has been not pleasing to Him. And then the next step is you ask for forgiveness. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done. And when you do that, something amazing takes place. God comes into your heart. And then you have to now put Him at the center of your life. Everything in your life needs to now be, you know, he needs to be at the center of it. And when you do that, this new life begins. So whether you're watching this online or you are here in church and maybe you never accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you did and you just fallen back, you backslidden. If that's you, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. And if that's you, I want you to just pray this prayer right after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on that cross for my sins. I open the door of my life. And receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. And giving me an eternal life. Fill me with your Spirit, Lord. Take control over my life. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Can we just celebrate those who might have said this prayer for the first time or rededicate their life? The Bible says, for every soul that's saved, angels rejoice in heaven. So let us just rejoice. I really want to encourage you, if you prayed this prayer and really meant it, um, don't just leave this place without speaking to one of the leaders. We want to help you. We want to help you with your next step. You know, every single person needs to have someone there helping them, whether it is, um, you know, for accountability 
or whether it is for prayer. Speak to one of the leaders and we want to come alongside you, help you with your journey. If you're online and you pray this prayer for the first time, there's a link in the comment section. Make sure you click on that link. It will take you to our website. And then all you have to do is just fill in your details and we'll contact you and help you with your next step. Just before I end the message and we go into a time of worship, we got some really amazing um, courses coming up in September. We'll start advertising them. They're not open yet um, to, for registration. But honestly, if you haven't done the Freedom in Christ, it's such an amazing, amazing course. Honestly, it will completely change and transform your life. Many of us can be Christians for a long time and have forgotten some of the basics. Sometimes we have allowed things into our lives that needs dealing with. And it will help you with that. And then we have the Grace Course, which is also an amazing course. Um, we're also starting something new as well. And uh, that's uh, Life Explored. It's a three-step, basically. Life Explored, and then it leads to Christianity Explored. And then it leads to discipleship, which we all call to be. We all call to be a disciple. And... Um, if, if you're new to Christianity, I really recommend these three courses. It starts with Life Explored. And we have them all uh, available for registration for next week. But I want you to pray about it during the week and, and ask God, um, which course do you want me to go on? And then, of course, we have our life groups coming up back in September. If you're not part of a life group, you do want to register and link up with a life group. Okay. Um, I think I've taken enough time. I hand over back to the worship team. Thank you.